Hello, and welcome to the Paranormal or What podcast with me, your host, Michaela Ford. How's your week been? Hard? Tiring? Well then, come in, draw up a chair, put your feet up and pour yourself a drink. Let me tell you what's been happening in the world of the paranormal this week. In tonight's episode, we have an interview with Charmaine Ryan from the Bigfoot Research Team UK. And boy, what an interview it is. Are you ready? Okay, well, here we go. and welcome to Paranormal or What podcast and we've got a treat for you today. We're going to be talking to Charmaine Ryan of the Bigfoot Research Team UK Facebook page. Hello Charmaine. Hi Michaela. How are you? I'm not too bad thank you. How are you? I'm great thank you. Right okay that's great we've got that bit done. (laughs) Um (laughs) So I'm really nervous, actually, because um, I told you that I've never done an interview before. So I'm I'm really quite nervous about this. (laughs) That's good to hear. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Because, yeah, I've never been interviewed before. Unless I've been to a interview. Yeah, quite scary. (laughs) Right. So, well, from now on, it's just more like um, chatting, really. So my, my first question is, how did you get interested in Bigfoot? Well, I've always had um, a general interest in the paranormal, the occult, that sort of thing. So there was never one sort of um, time that I could pinpoint, you know, that got me interested really in Bigfoot. It's sort of an interest I've had for a long, long time. Um, But then last year we had an experience um, that really made me interested in the UK Bigfoot. Um, And I think that's what really really started it um so what happened um we were going for a hike um I do photography and we'd heard that in the woods um Minehead way there was um a ruined windmill in the woods so we went out to try and find it take some pictures of it so it was quite um a remote area um sort of near Dunster um a wooded area it's like a, a valley so um, we parked up in a lay-by. There was nobody else around. It was just, you know, woods and farmland. Um, and we hiked for maybe, um, I don't know, it must have been about an hour, kind of down a path through a field. We went down to a stream and couldn't go any further. So we went back up again and kind of went through this area of um, woodland. And sort of at that point, I started to feel kind of, little bit disorientated a bit dizzy very sort of out of sorts um we stopped to have a drink so I was facing one way and my partner was facing the other way and then kind of we became sort of aware that the atmosphere got very different it was kind of it got quiet um you know there was no sort of noise from birds or wildlife 
so we were kind of a bit unnerved by that um then we heard um twigs being like a crunching something heavy was walking down from one side of the valley down to the stream and my partner turned around unfortunately we didn't get um you know we couldn't see it because it was undergrowth um yeah. you know obscuring our view um we went over and whatever it was it must have come through some thick you know sort of thorny undergrowth crossed a very narrow path and went into another area of quite thorny undergrowth um I mean, we could see down, it just led down to the stream. There was nobody down there. Um, we don't think it was human. A human couldn't have gone through undergrowth that was that thick. It was too, whatever it was, we saw kind of, you know, it kind of blocked out the light, if you see what I mean. Yeah. It was too big to be a deer. Um, you know, we were just really kind of unnerved by it. Um, yeah. And I mean, at that time, you know sort of British Bigfoot wasn't really on our radar so it wasn't kind of until we digested it when we got home and sort of spoke about it we thought this was something really strange that happened I mean initially we thought it might have been a ghost or a yeah. spirit but I mean they don't break branches they don't crush you know it was the heavy footsteps breaking branches that really you know we thought this is something really strange yeah and it really yeah it really unnerved us and did it make you feel that it was something that was walking on two legs rather than an animal sort of walking through <sighs> i mean not necessarily by the way it sounded it was more kind of the we didn't see a figure it was just literally through the leaves it was something dark and it was something that was upright it wasn't a deer um I really don't believe that in it was a human they couldn't have just gone through that sort of thorny undergrowth so smoothly yeah it, it was just really strange um, did you um did you sort of were you worried so you left the area or, or did you manage to stay and have a look around we had a little look around and we went to look at where it had disappeared off to and it was literally it was quite a vertical slope that led down to a stream so if it was a human we would have seen them walking down the slope or at the stream there was absolutely you know nobody there at all um yeah. and I mean the other thing was um when we decided to leave um which was not long after because we were so freaked out and um, we passed a field with donkeys in and they were looking absolutely terrified. Um, and that just kind of freaked us out even more because on the way in, they were looking perfectly happy. Yeah. Um, but they were kind of huddled in one corner of the field looking terrified. Um, Gosh. And we just, we didn't know what, what to make of it. And it wasn't until, like I say, we got home and kind of spoke about it and digested it. We thought something very strange was going on there. Yeah, it's quite interesting that you say that you felt strange to begin yeah. with, and yeah. then it was almost like nature around you started to feel the same as you and the birds stopped singing. That's quite yeah. a common phenomenon, I understand. Yeah, it, it was almost, it seemed like it got a bit darker. 
um, a bit more overcast. You know, we were just aware that there was literally, you know, no sound whatsoever, no birds, absolutely nothing. And, you know, we started to feel uneasy. And then we just heard that thing walking. And it, it was, it was literally, I mean, we were just really shaken by it really shaken yeah did you at um, any I, point feel like you were you were sort of in danger um not I suppose so we kind of we went to look and see you know what it was what it could have been um we walked on for a little bit and then we were just you know I was I yeah I suppose we did feel like that because we were very aware that we didn't want to be there if it started to get dark. We knew it was about an hour's walk to get back. And it was kind of like, I really don't want to be here when it gets dark. So we kind of, you know, did hurry back to the car sort of thing. And obviously yeah. seeing the donkeys so scared as well, it just really sort of freaked us out, really. Gosh, that's quite um quite a thing to experience to begin with. And so how long was it? after you got back that you started thinking oh well maybe this could be something like a Bigfoot um I think we were we were talking in the car um about what it could have been and you know we decided it it really couldn't have been a human it couldn't you know it couldn't have really been a ghost I mean they they don't have heavy footfall like that um so we kind of toyed with you know would it have been a Bigfoot or you know something you know like that um I'd never really heard of them in the UK at that point so it was only when we sort of did some research online um we found that it you know it is a possibility people have experienced them in the UK um and it's not like we've ever decided that you know that's definitely what it was it's just yeah. you know a, I suppose a possibility really yeah but it was just a very strange thing it is it's very it's really interesting actually um so i presume that that was then the point where you started getting more interested in things like bigfoot um, yeah yeah usually it's usually an experience that sort of propels someone into finding out more about something yeah i mean i'd always been interested in bigfoot but only kind of like on a low-key level I was always interested in, you know, cryptozoology and Bigfoot in America. It was always, you know, I've been a reader of 40 and times for, you know, as long as I can remember. Um, but I'd never really thought about Bigfoot in the UK. It wasn't kind of on my radar. It was just to me something that happened in other countries sort of thing. So it wasn't until we had that sort of experience that I got online and started, you know, really researching it in the UK um that I thought well you know it is a possibility and you know it's something I'm really interested in and so have you been out actively looking for big, Bigfoot since, since that experience um not actively looking um because obviously we've been in a lockdown well. um so <laughs> we're trying to stick to the rules um yeah I mean me and my other half did go to um a local area that's known to have a site in um, a place called Smitham Hill, which is near Cheddar, um, to have a look around there because apparently there was um, a historical site in there. And um, when it was used for mining, the miners said that um, a creature used to 
tip their carts over and throw rocks at them. Oh. Um, and then I think more recently in the late 90s, there was a sighting. A man said that he, he was walking his dog, felt that something was following him. Um, I think he turned around and there was a big, hairy, humanoid creature um, looking at him. I think he ran off, tripped over, um, turned around again, and the creature was still there. Um, so, yeah, it was quite a quite an intriguing story, really. It seems like there's an area, you know, it's an area with a lot of activity. Um, when we went there, you know, we didn't experience anything. Um, there's a couple of sort of tree bends, tree structures. Yeah. But, I mean, to me, it seems like the kind of place that there could be activity. There's a water source there. There's deers, um, that sort of thing. So, you know, it's likely, but I, you know, we're just waiting for lockdown to end so we can get out there and do some proper investigating. Yes, I think we're all feeling like that at the moment. We're all champing at the bit to be able to get out of our local area and go hunting for things in the night. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So how did you um, become part of the group, the uh, Facebook group? Yeah, it was it was basically on the back of the experience that we had in Minehead. Um, I just got online and started researching it. Um, I joined um, a group on Facebook um, and then a guy called Mickey put an uh, ad up saying he was forming a new group to actually do investigations and he was looking for team leaders and researchers. So I contacted him. Um, And he said that, you know, he would like to have me as a a team leader. And it went from there, really. So, yeah, we've only been going three months now. So we're pretty new. Um, But, yeah, we've got a lot of interest. And we've had a couple of sightings reported to us, which were, like I say, chomping at the bit to look into after lockdown. Um, But, yeah, we're getting, you know, new members all the time. Seem to have quite a following on Facebook. Yeah, it seems like um, a really positive group, actually. I've um, joined quite a lot of Bigfoot groups um, and it seems like um, a a really nice group um, and quite a a supportive group as well, Um, which not all of them are, um, which is is really good. Um, One thing that I was going to um, ask you is how... And, and I realise that your opinion might differ from the sort of general opinion, uh, opinion on your group. What do you feel about um, Bigfoot as a, a, a creature? Do you feel like um, it is some unexplained type of man or um, hominid? Or do you feel like it's, it's more towards the paranormal sort of area? Um, I think, I mean, I think it's probably unlikely that it's a hundred percent flesh and blood creature that just happens to have been undiscovered. Um, I would, uh, more towards the kind of paranormal interdimensional explanation. And I think mm. personally, I feel that they are a flesh and blood creature, but that is able to travel interdimensionally. So kind of a mixture of the both really. Yeah. Because there are, there do seem to be two um, camps of people. Some, some. Yeah. I mean, I know that there are some groups who um, 
who don't want people to join if they're sort of um believing that that big bigfoot's anything to do with the paranormal they're just believing yeah. that it's uh, some sort of um you know ape, ape type hominid um and then there are the other side which believe that it's a, a as you said a mixture of the two um one thing that i do find quite fascinating is that a lot of the experiences that people report um do contain elements of the paranormal like yeah. um um orbs being connected to them um even sometimes sort of ufo type sightings um yeah. the idea that they can cloak and appear and disappear um it's it's absolutely fascinating yeah definitely i think um i mean because nobody knows what a bigfoot is i think you know people have got to keep an open mind and i think to just sort of say no it's a flesh and blood creature i think you know it's not really the way forward um I mean, if you look at sort of the, the how the Native Americans um, describe Bigfoot, um, you know, they, they, you know, they say that they are half, half flesh and blood, half spirit. Um, and I think they're onto something. I mean, you know, it's very similar to what the um, Australians believe with the Yowie um, very similar stories, really, um, considering that they are, you know, quite far apart. Um, I know the Native Americans believe that they can um, change into orbs, you know, to go between dimensions. Um, yeah. I do think there's something in that. Yeah. Um, one thing that has really um, struck me is how fast they're reported to be able to move. And indeed, some of the, um, the footage that, um, that you see on the Internet of people who claim to have filmed them, some of them move almost unnaturally fast it's quite incredible yeah. Um, yeah. and to almost float above the surface of the ground um, sometimes but obviously then um, in other cases people have found um, significant footprints and cast the footprints do you do you know personally of anybody who's managed to cast a footprint in the UK I don't know anybody that's um, personally cast a footprint um... I mean, we thought we found a footprint at Smitham Hill, but we just can't be sure, really. Mm. Um, and I think because it's so new in the UK, um, I don't think, you know, people have ever really thought to go out there with casting kits. I mean, obviously, it's something that we'll be doing. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it, it's such a, a new thing over here. I mean, obviously, in America, they've been doing it since the 60s. Um, so, I mean, hopefully we might might get some casts i mean you know it all it all depends really it's just a case of getting out there and seeing what there is yeah and of course i guess we're at a slight disadvantage in the british isles because we don't have quite um such dense forests um although i know there have been quite a lot of sightings around thetford forest area i think around norwich yeah, um, um, I mean, and Scotland as well. Yeah, I mean, because I I really strongly believe in the interdimensional theory. I think it it really doesn't matter sort of the size of the forest. If it was, you know, if you're going down the road that it is a, a flesh and blood creature, then obviously they would need vast 
areas of woodland forests to hide in. Um, but I think if you strongly believe that they are an interdimensional, that they, they are able to travel you know, through dimensions or that there is a paranormal aspect, then obviously they've got that ability to, to cloak or to hide or to travel great distances in short spaces of time. Um, then I really can't see it would be a problem that we've got you know, lots smaller forests in the UK. Yeah. And I think interestingly as well, um, sort of the Bigfoot, Bigfoot Central in America is the Pacific Northwest, and we do have quite a similar climate in the UK um, to that area of Canada. So I, yeah. you know, I think it really is a possibility that maybe not as many as you know in the Pacific North Northwest, but I do I do strongly believe that there are a few in the UK. Yeah, and do you, do you think that, I mean, this is really hypothetical, so forgive me if this is just a, a question that's popped out of my head. I was just thinking there, and it just made me think, well, if you think about the Yeti and the Abominable Snowman and the um, Yeren in China and the um, um, Orang Pendek and all of the different types of Bigfoots around the world mm. and they're all reported as being slightly different, slightly taller, slightly bulkier. Mm. Do you think that there are lots of different types of Bigfoots or do you think that maybe people are just describing them differently? Um, I, I think there probably is different types. Um, you know, probably the Yeti is a lot hairier because it lives in such a cold region. Yeah. Um, I mean, we often um, discuss sort of the difference between the American Bigfoot and the British Bigfoot. What could the difference be? And um, it seems like the American Bigfoot is a lot more aggressive than the UK Bigfoot. But obviously mm. that could be because um, in America they have guns. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, if they are out there, they see that, you know, hunters are shooting animals shooting deers so they they may be just more aggressive over there whereas in this country there's there's not as much you know we, we don't carry guns um although they do you know shoot animals it's not as prolific as in in america so yeah. it could be that you know the creatures in america are just more aggressive um it seems like they're a lot bigger as well in america and again that can be could be the habitat that the forests are bigger so they've they've grown bigger um yeah i mean it, it could just literally be you know the sort of climates that they live in yeah um, but they've evolved to be sort of different in, in each continent yeah and um i understand that there's a common um belief that um bigfoots um eat eat meat and berries and things like that which is quite interesting because a lot of people have when they've had close-up encounters especially in america mm. have reported that they have really big flat teeth but also canine teeth um and i know that the common sort of perception of their diet is that they eat berries and grasses but also um deer and and smaller animals is that what you understand yeah, I've yeah. I mean, there's a lot of debate about what what they eat. Um, 
and I think yeah the general consensus is that they they're, they're like humans they eat a bit of both that they you know they like berries in the summer um but they do eat, eat you know they catch deer to eat even you know in Canada that they'll catch salmon as well to eat yeah. um but yeah it's it's all guesswork really I mean yeah uh, we don't know it's for sure, do we? It's quite frustrating, yeah. isn't it, really, to yeah, I, I, yeah, almost I, know so much, but yet know so little? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, people have, there's countless stories of, you know, people say that they've seen them catch deer, that they, you know, they've caught, they've seen them catch deer and kind of slam it against a tree to kill it, um, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I've heard that they, you know, they really like to eat berries. So I, I suppose it's a, it's a bit of both. I mean, people leave apples out for them. Apparently, they that they're supposed to like apples. Yeah, um, and I think there's been quite a big um, um, thing in America of them stealing domestic pigs as well. Oh, Not really? I've running <laughs> running off with a pig under its arm really? <laughs> to the forest. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on a slightly lighter note, do you ever watch any of the TV programmes about uh, Bigfoot, such as Finding Bigfoot or Expedition Bigfoot? Yeah, I watch both of those. Um, yeah, I've not not completed all the series of Finding Bigfoot yet, but um, yeah. yeah, we watch Expedition Bigfoot and watch a lot what of What do you think about them both? What do you think about, because they're very different programmes, those two, aren't they? They're my favourite two. What, what, yeah. do you, what do you think about those two? We do, we discuss it a lot, kind of on our team leader chat. Um, I mean, I'm, I am a fan of Expedition Bigfoot. I do, I really like the series. Um, I know, obviously, you know, there's a lot of um, people who are sceptical about it. They say that, you know, the, the first series was filmed on a ranch. Um, you know, and it was all set up. Um, I, I, I don't know. You, the trouble is with the television programmes when they're, they're doing it for, for money and for viewers, aren't they? So you just don't know what to believe, really. It's, it's like in the, the most recent expedition, Bigfoot, they, um, they found chimp DNA. Um, but one of them was walking around with chimp pheromones on him to try and attract any sort of primates that might be out there. So you think, well, is that DNA got contaminated with the pheromones that he's carrying around? So I think, you know, it's it's good from an entertainment point of view, but I think you really have to, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. I mean, yeah. they are looking for an undiscovered species of ape. Um, and I really don't think that's the route to go down. I think there is sort of a paranormal interdimensional aspect. And I think maybe people might have more luck if they went down that sort of route when looking for it. Yeah, the one thing about that I, I have found, though, and I find it absolutely gripping, and I have to tell myself quite often, it's only a television programme, Michaela, come on, get a yeah. grip, because I find <laughs> myself sat there glued going, oh, yeah. oh my goodness, I can't believe you've seen that. But um, yeah. there, have, there have been quite a few unexplained incidents that even um, Maria has sort of gone, oh, what's going on here? yeah um which is which has been really good i think i think um i i come from um the point of view of um 
I believe something if my gut instinct tells me that it's the right yeah. thing and which is not a very scientific point of view but I do have also this inherent distrust of the purely scientific um, yeah definitely <laughs> I think yeah you have a bit of both in order to be able to um rationalize what's going on and I was so pleased when she was um she had that bizarre dream in her tent about the the children in the graveyard yeah. and then there was that part when they saw um so when um oh gosh what's he got not russell is it um oh, Ronnie. Man. yes Ronnie. so the yeah. lights in the yeah. in the forest and it, it all became really quite surreal at that point and i was quite pleased about that yeah i think ronnie um he's done a book i think he's a great believer in the interdimensional paranormal aspect of bigfoot i think they kind of i don't know shy away from that on the program really it's more about Maria and her you know scientific approach really but I think Ronnie I've read his book um Monsterland and I think he yeah I think he really does believe in that theory um yeah, but yeah I think maybe the producers don't want to go it's down like, that road yeah today. and Maria keeps steering him back yeah. doesn't she to the scientific yeah. because um she she doesn't sort of brook any argument when it comes to his what obviously she sees as his whimsical fancies yeah um, and every time he starts talking about those things she sort of cuts him off doesn't she yeah she does <laughs> which is a shame really um and then I... moving on to finding Bigfoot as well um which I absolutely love yeah um, and I just love the people in it I think they're fabulous but I do find sometimes that I I don't know about you but I think they're a bit the other way um and they're especially bobo um and matt are too willing to believe that everything's bigfoot yeah i mean again you just don't know you know you don't know you know what they're told that they've got to act like or what they've they've got to say if, you know if it's all about viewers they are gonna play up to the majority of the viewers you just don't know what their briefings are before they they do the show so i yeah i do i kind of take it with a pinch of salt really um yeah. i think but... it's very hard for um bigfoot believers when you think about the fact that there are tv programs that you can't necessarily trust because they're tv programs yeah people don't want to accept um the footprint cast they don't want to accept the videos because they're too blurry or shaky. They don't want to accept photographs because it could be something else. So it mm. does leave you with, well, what, what is the proof going to have to be? It is going to have to be somebody dragging in the body of a Bigfoot before people are going to believe, yeah. which seems a bit I mean, of a shame, really. Definitely. And you don't know if somebody's already done that and there's maybe, I don't know, a cover up. Um, you really, you know, really don't know. Um, what do you think it, about the idea that um, the government, various governments in the world do know about the existence of Bigfoot and know that it's real, but are covering it up? What are your thoughts about that? Um, I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, I mean, it's it's the same with kind of UFOs that you know, I think most people would that you spoke to in the street would believe that there is a some kind of cover up with UFOs there. 
Um, I mean, certainly if there's any link with UFOs and Bigfoot, I can't see why, you know, there wouldn't be the same, you know, same kind of cover up. Um, I mean, if, you know, you found a Bigfoot, I don't know, a Bigfoot body in the woods. I mean, who, who would you ring? You'd have to ring, I don't know, the police or the local council or something. And, you know, if they told you to keep quiet about it. Yeah, and you don't page know where, or something. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know where um, it's going to go or get taken or who's going to turn up and yeah. tell you to be quiet or or what exactly. Really. Yeah, I mean there's you know there's countless, you know, like Rendlesham Forest with you know the UFO crash. Um, you know, they sent you know people in to tidy that up and take the remains away. You don't know if it'd be exactly the same sort of thing if they found a Bigfoot body you know, that somebody in government knows about it and they want to, you know, for whatever reason, they're trying to keep it quiet from the general public. I mean, I suppose it would throw up a lot of questions, um, you know, a lot, you know, I suppose it would be very awkward, wouldn't it, if they if they were discovered to be a, you know, a very special type of creature that can only live in woodlands. It's certainly, you know, they couldn't carry on with sort of deforestation like they do. Um, yeah. I think it'd be, you know, it'd be a, game a lot of problems, really. Yeah. Yeah. It does, it does make you think sometimes, doesn't it? What, what do we know or what don't we know? Sometimes yeah. I stand and look out into the sky and into the forest and thinking about the possibility of, you know, aliens and the possibility of Bigfoot's being real. And I think how small I feel and how much yeah. there is about the world that we don't know and how many people in the world this really came to me the other night when I was standing out in the garden at night like I do sometimes <laughs> like a, a nutter just standing there gazing at the sky thinking gosh isn't it weird that you know you could live your whole life and millions of people have lived their whole life in the world and never known that these things exist yeah. I think it's quite mind-boggling. Yeah, I think a lot of people do believe that they, you know, that there are, I think more people than not probably believe that there are extraterrestrials that visit. Um, you'd have to be pretty mad to not believe it with all the planets that are out there, all the galaxies. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I really, you know, I really think it's impossible that we're, we're alone, whether they want to contact us or not. It's a different matter. But I yeah. do think there's things about you know the earth and you know existence that we don't understand um you know that can't be measured because there isn't the science there to measure it or gauge it yet yes yet yeah. i think yet. is the key yeah. word <laughs> yet <laughs> oh wow well thank you so much charmaine i think um, i've come to the end of my questions now is there anything else that you'd like to mention before we finish um, no, not that I can think of. No, it's been great chat to you. Oh, it's been fantastic. And I've learned so much. It's been fabulous. And hopefully you can come and uh, join me on the podcast again in the future. Um, hopefully next time I won't be as nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've done really well. Oh. I think it's fantastic <laughs> and really, really informative, actually. Um, well, um, I'm going to say thank you to Charmaine now uh, from the Bigfoot Research Team UK. Don't forget, everybody, to check out their Facebook page. 
Um, and don't forget to send your stories in, Bigfoot related or any other paranormal um, stories you've got to paranormal or what podcast at outlook.com. Well, thank you so much, Charmaine. That's been absolutely oh, thank you. brilliant. And I really appreciate you taking up some of your Friday night to have a chat with <laughs> no me. Problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. You have a great weekend. And you. You take care. See and you, you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you, Charmaine, for that fascinating interview. If you have any paranormal stories to share, please email them to me at paranormalorwhatpodcast at outlook.com. That's paranormalorwhatpodcast at outlook.com. You can now listen to Paranormal or What on the following podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, yay! Podbean, Spotify, Outcast, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast for me, will you? Remember to give it five stars if you like it. I really depend on those five star ratings for boosting the listenership for the show. I look forward to snuggling down with you some spooky stories, a comfy chair, and a tot of something fiery next week. Remember, together we can figure it out. Night.